welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined as always by a man who biffs him and buffs him and always outruffs him, Jeremy Leguie, and a chap who looks extremely good for someone old enough to have fought in Nam, it's Sean Dunham. <coughs> Hi, boys. Hi. Hey. Sean Dunham. Shandana, Shandana. Yeah, you made a cameo this week, but I won't spoil it. All month long on the show, we've been perusing the works of one iconic performer in our take on March Madness. It's Robin Sanity, and our subject this year is, of course, Robin Williams. In our last three episodes, we covered some of Robin's most noteworthy comedies, dramas, and voice acting performances. Scoring them all on the Robin rendition rubric categories of of characterization, voice, physicality, tension and emotion, and style points. And this week, it's the wild card round. Each of us selected a Williams flick we've never seen, and now those three wild cards will go head to head. So boys, shall we get into it? Let's Let's do this. Into it. Let's get into it. Well, let's talk about the movie I just referenced in saying Sean Dunham. Yes, Which was my pick for the week. Uh, A little movie called Good Morning Vietnam, in which there's a cameo by a soldier named Sean Dunham. Um, This was a a very cuckoo moment. It was. It's literally just, I've heard heard tell of this from friends of the show. They're like, the most bizarre thing happened when I was watching it. And so I was prepared that it was going to happen. But yeah, there's just mm-hmm. a moment where Robin's riffing with the boys and he asks someone their name and they just say, Sean Dunham. And then Robin mm-hmm. Williams yells my name, Sean Dunham. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it was very it's weird. weird. You Because, Sean, I imagine you get your name in shows a lot. It happens to me sometimes. It's not like there's a lot. There's a few Jeremy's on different things, but it doesn't happen a lot. But to get the first and last name... Mm. The double tap really of it. both names was very surprising. It felt mm-hmm. as if he, like, an otherworldly, like, situation. <laughs> Completely otherworldly. Um, <clears throat> so just to introduce this movie, I mean, I think it's pretty iconic, but if people don't know, it's about, believe it or not, Vietnam, the war, um, and Robin Williams is an airman who hosts a radio show kind of apropos, um, and he basically comes in and is this smash hit on the American military's radio station that they play, you know, for the boys who are fighting. Why am I talking like <laughs> I don't know. The boys. I've never heard um, an alien explain the war so much. <laughs> uh, and basically he, I mean synopses of this movie say that he is critical of the war. I don't even know that he's critical of the war so much as just kind of irreverent about it and pithy and and makes jokes and sort of resists the army's censorship would maybe be kind of the one way in which he's Mm -hmm. rebellious. He hasn't followed Um, the rules. No, he... I guess you would call it falls in love with a a young Vietnamese woman who he objectifies and there's honestly i wasn't prepared for quite how misogynistic racist and homophobic parts of this movie would be i guess i probably should have been um we should have known but i it it kind of blindsided me a little bit too yeah just i think also because robin 
so often is this affable, lovable character. And I didn't mm-hmm. find Adrian Cronauer actually very likable at the end of the day. But no, we will get into garlic. a discussion of this. Give us garlic any day. Give us garlic any day. Yes. Get Forrest, Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker giving as, such as a loving performance. <laughs> yes. That was great. But you know what? Let's get into rating and then we can talk more about this character, Adrian Cronauer. Uh, so on our first category, which is characterization, Sean, what's your score? Um, I gave him a seven. I do not believe that this man is in the army. Uh, yeah. I... <laughs> I don't believe he has had a rule enforced on him. Um, and also just like, I I don't know, as you were saying, as you were, had alluded to, a lot of this left a little a bad taste in my mouth. So I was just like, I didn't really believe that he fell in love or like made friendships very easily even. He was just like a, sort of a a strange character. I don't know. I couldn't get a grip mm-hmm. on him. Jared? Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave it a 10. Uh, I think this kind of runs into something that we haven't really... I don't think we've actually talked about this at all, hardly, on the show in its entirety. Um, But that's sort of like when you portray a real person Mm. and are sticking to notes that happened or, you know, making them bigger or adjusting things to kind of make a narrative. But then you're sort of like giving it the Robin Williams effect, you know? And I feel like had they gone either way with it, where, like, they let Robin have more liberties with it instead of it being half true or like had him riff less. Cause I assume that all the parts on the radio, he's just mm-hmm. doing his thing um, with like the very famous sign on. And that's, then he just sort of goes off from there. Uh, I did listen to a little bit of the real show. Um, and it, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot less uh, crazy. Like it's like without, without all the impression bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the real Cronauer said it's like 50% accurate, um, which is fine. Like, I mean, they're, you know, adding in different things and all these different parts. Uh, but um, I feel like that did hurt it a little bit. Like, you know, maybe before I had done my research, it was a 12, but now it's just the 10, maybe? I don't mm-hmm. know. It it did seem just disjointed, I think. Like, yeah. you know, his performance to himself just didn't fit. It's still great, but. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know this was based on a true story. Like, obviously, I know the Vietnam War is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> but or I didn't know that Adrian Vietnam Cronauer was a real the war. Person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vietnam the war. Um, which, just for the record, just so we should say, it's a very bad thing that should never have happened. Um, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just really felt my need to clarify my position on yeah. the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> I I was hoping, as this movie started, I was hoping that it would be almost this, like, Catch-22 type sort of deep absurdity, because I was kind of getting that from, like, some of the really heightened, almost, um, like, they were almost caricature-like, some of the characters, and I Mm. was thinking, like, okay, it's sort of this, this movie about how in these absurd circumstances, you know, no one can can be right or whatever, and it's going to be, like, complicated. And then it wasn't really that at all. Um, I don't know. Anyway, this this I have complicated feelings about this movie because there were parts of it I really liked, but parts of it I wasn't sure about. Um, mm-hmm. But I gave a 10 for characterization. Um, 
Because I do think, I, I appreciated sort of them having him be a more complicated character and not just affable, lovable Robin. But you're right, mm-hmm. Jared, that there was this kind of push and pull of, you know, yeah. that complexity, but then just his goofiness mm-hmm. and silliness. And, so, I don't know. Yeah, and this this is now an aside and us wasting time not talking about what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> um, it does an incredible job of capturing the feeling of, mm. and it's so foreign to have this idea of like an occupied city where a guy just goes out to a bar after work while all this is going on, you know, like, like it's the, the fact that their lives could be even remotely normal ish mm-hmm. is so weird to me. And when they show it, like that's like, they go to work, you know, like they just do normal human things that seem incredibly unsettling. Um, and I think that's part of what makes the film work so well, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a weird. Get existence. some eyes on Miss Saigon, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. A voice, Sean. So I gave it a nine. Um, yeah, as you guys have spoken, it does seem like uh, a, a a Robin performance, and then they shoehorned uh, a story around that, and that's kind mm. of where. I don't know. I, that's what I felt. Technically, uh, voices were fine. It's He's doing his whole thing. Again, a little bit of a sour taste from a lot of the voices. There is mm. like, you mm. know, he does he does a gay character. He does he does a classic black said. Yeah. Um, did I laugh at Diana Ross and the Supranes that whole bit? Of course, that was very <laughs> same, funny. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did too, Sean. Jer, what did you give for voice? Uh I gave it a twelve. Um, you know, it's it's supposed to be nineteen sixty-six mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be this radical. So I think a lot of it fits. And I think it's Robin sort of doing his thing at his best, however misguided or whatever that you know, with with the lens of today is probably a little rough. Anyway, um it is surprising though, in retrospect, how often he relies on very specific tropes to sort mm. of, uh, mm. and that I think is probably the the thing, the problem we should be talking about. But and especially um, after this month, I feel like we've seen a few repeat themselves. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> literally Definitely. the joke. Some joke about oh gosh, I don't even know that I can say it. Something about going <laughs> down in the Titanic. I'm pretty sure it was in two of the movies this week. Yeah, there's there's a few that keep just sort of coming up. Anyway. um... Yeah, no, a, a 12, I think he's doing a lot of good voice work here, um, and I think that the parts where he is in the booth really highlight that, mm. and I think those are the best parts of the film, where it sort of cuts to these random soldiers living their lives, um, but, you know, getting some ounce of home from the radio. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I gave it a 10 for voice, because, I mean... When he gets going and he's just doing that rapid fire thing that he does, like it's there's no one else that I think I've ever, mm-hmm. I've ever seen do quite what he does when he gets going like that, and it is just enchanting in its way. And then mm-hmm. you know he'll do one of the certain voices, and you're like, okay, well yeah. now I'm out of it. But yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, physicality, Sean. Um, I give a seven. He doesn't have a ton to work with here. Uh, I thought the the baseball scene was very was pretty sweet. Um, 
And then I also, I like when Robin is like teaching. Do you know what I mean? I remember that yeah. from like Dead Poets mm-hmm. Society. He's very like, he's up and down the, the rows. He's like really engaging with his students. I like, I like sort of his, that physicality. Um, and also honestly in the booth, he's just like, he's very, he's just like putting a lot of himself into, into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I get. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I gave him a 10. This is sort of just a basics done well situation. Mm. Um, you know, like, like, like Sean Basic said, there's not a ton to work. You know, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, there, there is some more like physical stuff that kind of doesn't get shown like the, the mine with the Jeep, you know, like mm-hmm. there's things that happen that aren't like, you know, could be dragged out way more in a physical way. Like you could have, you know, crawled out. There's all sorts of things you could do, but, um, you know, this movie's not about that. So I, oh, 10. Give me 10. Yeah. I gave an eight. Cause again, there's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> just fine. Um, tension and emotion. Shot. Um, I gave a 10, um, mostly because I really enjoyed that bombing broadcast where he is told that mm. he cannot speak of it. And so then he's giving a lot of this sort of fake energy uh, in trying to gloss over or not report the news that he knows firsthand has happened. Um, just sort of the, his resigned attitude. Um I guess another moment that I remember is when he confronts Trim and he's very, he grabs her and he's like, tell me where your brother is. And, but I also, I, you know, that also was very awkward because I did. It's just, it's just a weird, I don't know. It's a weird relationship of, he mm-hmm. just like barges around this town sometimes. And anyway, I didn't, I don't know why I brought that up even, but anyway, I give it a <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chair. Uh I gave it a twelve. Um I still I've always found is his name Twan? Twan? The brother? His friend? I, I don't know. It's yeah, either yeah. Twan or um, Don. Yeah, we, no, it's we, yeah. Anyway, uh the relationship I think is pretty compelling. Um it's pretty like fantastical. Mm. You know, like 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 I doubt that any people would have that actually going on in their lives. Like that's quite a bit. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, them being sort of like in a situation where they probably would be friends and having like to mitigate the fact that they're like enemies at war, you know, mm-hmm. like, like it's really interesting. And I think it does sort of sum up the whole conflict in like a really interesting way, just because that there are people there doing something that they didn't really understand yeah, what or why. And, um, you know, having... <laughs> Hindsight on this, like watching it when I was young, I was like, oh, it's just a kind of a boring war movie where mm. no one gets shot. And now, you know, <laughs> it's like all these different <laughs> subtle layers of like how these men feel about each other, even though they're, you know, they want to sort of coexist, but can't. Uh, mm. I, I I still think it's pretty compelling. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Well, I gave a seven, which, you know, is maybe colored by some of my own feelings, mm. probably. Mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, yeah, I I think I think some of the relationships were a bit lacking for me in terms of, like, it was never clear to me why those two became friends. Like, 
what what the brother ever saw in him. You know, like he was creeping mm-hmm. on his sister. Well, and we then know he taught, now what he saw. He ve- well, yeah. yeah, he very dynamically taught in English class, and then they were friends. And it's like mm-hmm. he's still I don't know. And then also the moment where um, Adrian is like, "But we're here to help." I really wish that they had kind of explored that more because I think it would have been so much more interesting to have explored like his understanding of the war. Like the whole thing is supposedly about his like criticism of the war. But but we never mm-hmm. actually see what his ideas are or how they change. And that to me would have been, you know, a yeah, lot more he, compelling. But he seemingly has no criticism of the war. <laughs> yeah, like he's sort of he sort of makes fun of Richard Nixon, but not like for any of the really good reasons there are to make fun of Richard Nixon. Anyway, mm-hmm. all that to say, yeah, <laughs> all that to say, I gave it a seven. <laughs> um, style points. Um, I Sean. gave an eight, a bit of a lower mm-hmm. end of the style points. Um, I did really enjoy the comic relief moment after mm-hmm. he and his friend have that big blowout. And he just says, this will not look good on a resume after. <laughs> I thought it was so weird. It was very <laughs> weird, but uh, <laughs> I, that was one of the few times I did laugh in this <laughs> comedic <laughs> movie. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. Jer? Uh I gave it a 12. Uh, I feel like it's a... Well, it's at this point it's a quintessential Robin Williams movie. Like it's so hard to separate him from from this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you had ch- like brought somebody else in, it would have been a very different product. Um, you know, and I think that's ultimately what this this style points points thing is about. But um, you know, it's a thing. It's it's just another like everyone knows what Good Morning Vietnam is when you yell it at somebody. Like, it just everyone knows. So, yeah. Yeah. Know. Don't yell at people. <laughs> don't. Don't do that. Um, yeah. I gave it a nine. Um, because, yeah, I, I agree that I I don't think, I think it would have been, I don't, I think I really would have not liked it if it was anyone other than Robin Williams. But then also, <laughs> I think there are ways in which his Robin Williams-ness kind of detracted from what they were kind of mm. trying to do in, in the ways we've already talked about. So, my, I don't know. Mixed my feelings. Test, my test for characterization is how different would it be if it was Liam Neeson? That's always what <laughs> I've just been popping. I don't know why. That's just what it's become. In a stilted this, American accent? Good this would have been a psychotic with Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's really fun. Okay. Let's, so let's, let's leave Vietnam behind for now. And let's go. Okay, let's go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you telling me, Sean. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Jeremy's choice. Jeremy, will you tell us about it? Uh, so I picked a little mo- movie called Death to Smoochie. Um, I've, I've wanted to see this for a long time. I just haven't. I don't know why. Um, it is one of the few movies that exist uh, that my brother has seen that I have not. Which is incredible. That's a thing that that doesn't happen. Anyway, um, it's a 2002 black comedy directed by Danny DeVito. Um, I would I would argue to say that it stars Edward Norton. Mm. Yes, uh, with agree. Robin Williams in sort of a, a a backseat role, even though Robin is credited as the 
um, the main guy, which baffles me. It's about two children's TV stars mm-hmm. who essentially go to war with each other, in a way, and mm-hmm. with uh, the countless uh, organized crime people involved <laughs> in that industry. Um, like the, was... <laughs> the Parade of Hope mafia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you guys, I, I, my expectations weren't great for this because I thought that, like, everything says it's bad. Yeah. I really, I really liked it a lot. Me too. I, like, I like honestly love this film. It's so crazy, and Robin is so funny. Yeah. Like, he he's not in it a ton, but whenever he is, he just absolutely steals it. Yeah. And, like, I was, like, laughing so loud at some of these parts. And it's hard to describe what goes on, but I will describe one scene in which uh, Robin Williams' character, uh, which, what's his name? Mr. Rainbow Root? Rainbow, Rainbow, Rainbow Rand- Rand- Randolph. <laughs> Yeah, tricks Edward Norton, who plays Smoochie, who is a a purple rhino, uh, into doing a show uh, that is revealed to then be a Nazi rally, (laughs) and then everyone thinks that Smoochie is a Nazi, and then... It's a big commentary on cancel culture, honestly. Yeah. the the thing that's nuts about it though is that twenty minutes later the status quo has been reset and another thing of that magnitude occurs. <laughs> this is why this is why I said in my notes this is Chicago, but this is for children's entertainers because they just <laughs> yes. keep trying to win the favor of the press and sort of like one up each other <laughs> in the in the media and and then so I was like this is a very funny reference and then literally the end. They just do the ending of Chicago. They like I, <laughs> on ice. <laughs> on ice. <laughs> it's an insane uh, movie, and I love it. Yeah, it was super great. It mm-hmm. was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, look, look it up. Look it up, listeners. Look, look it, it up, up, listeners. Don't listen to the people who say it's bad. Okay, let's nope. let's get into this, or at least start it off. Sean, characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave that. a nine because I. Love this for him. Uh, he's not the star, uh, which means he doesn't have to give any levels of any sort. Um, his motivations are unclear. He just has to go <laughs> turned up turbo rage and revenge. And it is just, it's, it is really enjoyable. Yep, I agree. You've never seen it like, <laughs> when you see Robin Williams go full psychotic, it's, yeah. it's a joy to see. It's quite something. Uh, I gave it a 12. I just enjoyed the character too much, I think. And I wonder, the the whole time since I've watched it, I've wondered if there was more of him, if it would have gotten, mm. you know, less intense. And I wonder if that's why they chose to... Uh, and we didn't talk about uh, Jon Stewart's hair. Oh, which yeah. We don't need just, to. Yeah, give it a Google, <laughs> listeners. It's crazy. It's that's, so good. That that haircut has a minus five to all categories in the Rob. This is one Rob of like Insanity three metric. films that John Stewart was in, and he just and he had to do it in this haircut. Yeah, that sucks. For so him. rough, so rough. Anyway, yeah, no, I I I really enjoyed. Uh, Ra- what's this? Rainbow, Rainbow Randolph. Randolph. 
I cannot remember this name. Anyway. It's alliterative. Um, <laughs> guys, I gave it a 13. Because... Ooh, yeah. I, 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 I fully understand. Yeah. I actually think he was giving us some levels with this. Like, most mm-hmm. of the time he's at an 11, but he has these moments of extreme fragility. Like, Rainbow Randolph is a fragile narcissist who's completely confused. Well, I don't know if he's confused. I think he's confused about his sexuality. Yeah. And he... Is just like <laughs> he really he really struggles and and like there's that moment where he's like hiding out and his friend brings him lunch and he's like mm-hmm. chicken with stars did you bring me chicken with stars <laughs> <laughs> it's and so he's like so a little strange. kid or <laughs> if the, at one point he's right after um, Smoochie has the whole situation with the Nazi rally. He, like, sticks his head in a baby carriage, and he's like, the rhino's a Nazi! <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, all there's, the line like a, are so good. There's a dance number? Yeah. When he's, it's crazy. He does a yeah. very gleeful dance. It's yes. a very gleeful dance. Um, so, yeah. Um, I gave it a 13, but we're gonna have to leave it there for now, because <gasps> it's time for us to take a break. Here we're from our sponsors. And we'll be right back with more Robin Sanity here on Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We are going to get back to more wild card of our Robin Sanity tournament. But first, uh, do you two smoochies know what time it is? Mm, not only smoochies. <laughs> <laughs> It's game time, people. I don't know why this Moochie's joke got oh. me. I don't know why. Wow. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, uh, the game is where I spend literally two seconds this week looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. And we all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, are you guys ready to play the game? I'm very uh-huh. ready. <laughs> Was that uh-huh or an uh-huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, week's t- this week's title is The Night Listener. That title again, The Night Listener. Sean, do you want to go first? Yes, this sounds spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that The Night Listener is about a man who uh, he's getting into conspiracy theories. He And he starts believing this one. And he becomes obsessed with it where he records, he stays up all night and records the sounds that the night makes. And then when he re-listens to them, he like slows them down and speeds them up. And he thinks that he's getting messages from the world. And it starts to take over his life. And he really starts to spiral. And obviously is not sleeping very well. And then also receiving these messages. And it's pretty dark. It takes a dark turn. Ooh. And I believe that's the night listener. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, Thank you. Okay, I think the night listener features Robin Williams as an angel. And God decides that she needs to see how the humans are doing. And she's like, "Mm, you know what? We need to go deeper and see what's going on in, in those little brains of theirs. And she she sends Robin down as an angel to listen to everyone's dreams to see what's going on 
pervert. in our noggins. It's a little pervy at times, but mm-hmm. he doesn't like it. Like, he's not there because he likes it, but it's, it's what he's got to do. And he's very perturbed, I think, by what he finds in humans' minds. And then maybe, he let's say he falls in love with a human woman. I feel like that's oh. got to be what happens. And the then, you know. balance of power there. Well, no doubt, but, you know, then <laughs> a comedy of errors ensues. <laughs> and that's Night Listener. <laughs> Okay, wow. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I have been looking and have no idea why this is called The Night Listener. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I feel the daytime. That, yeah, that may, that may be unfair uh, in terms of telling you the title of a thing and trying to get the plot of it, but uh, I still think that the game is, is pretty rock solid. Um uh, the Night Listener is a 2006 American psychological thriller horror film uh, starring Robin Williams. Uh, to sum up the plot, he is a, a popular New York City radio show host, mm-hmm. and he begins to develop a relationship uh, with uh, a boy who has an incredible story, and uh, the social worker who adopted him named Donna, uh, played by Tony Collette, and um, the three of them hit off this like really great relationship, and he goes to visit them, uh, only to find that the boy is not maybe real. And oh. he has to try and find out where this boy is or what happened to this boy uh, around the ever the ever strange uh, Tony Collette's character. It seems kind of weird. I don't think I'd be into it. Check I want to watch it now <laughs> to see what happens. Well, I want to uh, see Tony be a. Be a, a crazy little uh, lady. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, uh, check it out. It sounds pretty weird. Uh, of course, it was picked at random because of the wild card round, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Sean and Sonia, thank you guys for playing the game. Thank, thank you, you Jeremy. Uh, which this week seemed almost impossible. <laughs> it did. Okay, let's get back into it. We're talking about Death to Smoochie. Such a good weird movie. We're talking mm-hmm. about voice. Sean, what's your score? I gave an eight. Um, uh, his, as he's, we've talked about, he is ramped up a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. his that threatening phone call that he gave uh, Edward Norton <laughs> was very good. <laughs> when he makes the elephant noise for some reason. Yeah, and he makes a very good <laughs> elephant noise. Uh, that was just a very, that was a good... It's a very succinct clip that shows mm-hmm. his range and his uh, his mental illness, and yeah. Jay, uh, I I gave it a ten. Um, I I really enjoyed what he sort of did. Uh, at the start, I was really sort of put off by the way he was sort of talking to the the FBI people who arrest him. And I was like, oh, is he like, is he going to do this voice the whole time? But the more he kind of like did it and it flowed in and out with his rage, the better I, I, the more I kind of laughed. And, uh, Sonia, you're totally right. When he asked for that soup, like it's, it's, it's so bizarre and it's just so funny. Uh, yeah. It's like, you can see him regressing to Mm -hmm. childhood because he's so fragile. Yeah. I gave it an 11. Um, because, you know, it it definitely is shades of just Robin's voice, but then he manages to have those dynamic moments, and he does, he has a certain vocal affectation that's like, I think, 
to suggest the kind of complicated sexuality that the character has, but it's not the like completely stereotypical gay voice that we've heard him do, which I actually mm-hmm. really appreciated. It was sort of just a softening. I don't know. It was very subtle, but uh, physicality, Sean. I gave a 10, even though 90% of this was a stunt person, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he is falling downstairs. He's smashing into brick walls. He is, you know, an older man uh, getting very beat up. He's ice skating. He's. <laughs> <laughs> Although I read that Elvis Stoika was his um, ice skating double. For really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, I wish you can see at the in the end credits, which is... The most incredible ending credits I've ever seen. (laughs) Where him and Edward Norton just do a full ice skating routine. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the credits, as you can tell. (laughs) I I watched the whole thing. It was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. Um, For physicality, I gave it a 12. There is a scene which is very inappropriate and really too far. That he somehow pulled off where he attempts to kill himself in a crowd by dumping gasoline on himself. And it's ah, the and famous like, self-immolation moment. Yeah. The, the whole time, I'm just like kind of trying not to laugh, but laughing. Because uh, it's, 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 it's way too crazy. Like it's way over the top and it's so nuts. But uh, he, he, he keeps me in. He, he just, he does it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gave an 11 because, as you said, you know, a lot of stunt person work, but even the dance number really killed me. (laughs) And a lot of really good face acting. Like a lot of really spectacular, completely deranged facial expressions from Mr. Williams in this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tension and emotion. Um, I I gave a seven. Just because there doesn't seem to be a ton of of real moments from this character, or mm. that you could trace as being real to him, because mm-hmm. a, I feel like a lot of what the character is doing is a, a performance. Um, but the his yeah gleeful celebration dance very fun, um, and yeah the, uh, that that very intense um, attempted attempted suey moment with the <laughs> oh, with the gasoline no. was. <laughs> was tough. <laughs> oh boy, Jer. Uh, I gave an eleven uh, because I feel like there has to be this really like interesting skill, and I think in editing, it, you know, it's part of it. But to have like the you know the the big moment of the movie where Smoochie may or may not be assassinated, and then to have Robin Williams' character stop to give kids autographs. Yeah. And, like, for the kids, for the, you know, for the kids, and, like, just to, like, hold that note, uh, it just destroyed me. And yeah. it's so funny. Sorry, did you say your score? Uh, I, I said 11. I have no, okay. I have no idea if I did. I can't remember if you said it. Um, I gave a 10 for a lot of the same reasons, especially the tension. Like, he is he is holding so much yeah. of the tension of this movie <laughs> at this very <laughs> high level. Um, but also, yeah, just the set, like, the real sense that I had of his completely fragile, narcissistic, emotional world. Like, he conveys <laughs> that so beautifully. Um, 
really when he's does. watching the TV and he's so close that his feet are on the TV. Yes. Like, it's it's crazy. Oh, it's he makes crazy. so many good choices. Style points, Sean. Um, I gave an 11. I think just the, the inherent, like, the concept of just Robin Williams as a personality, uh, being, and then playing him in the exact opposite, uh, mm. to show just, like, I don't know, the underbelly of children's entertainment. Um, and also just, like, pairing that with Edward Norton's, like, complete, uh, basically unawareness of Robin's extreme hatred of him. Yeah. It was just like it was a really good it was a really good fusion of of personalities and I think it was he was very strong for this role. Yeah. Uh I gave a 14 uh just cuz I I I think in a lot of these movies there's like giving Robin a chance to play in a way he's not used to. And uh I do wonder if a lot of those sort of stereotypical Im- impressions mm come up because that's what people are asking him for you know like oh just do your thing you know like you did here you know like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. whereas in this i feel like he probably got a lot of freedom to go wherever he felt he needed to and um it's you know it's it's like sean said it's very against type and uh i think it just works you know it's you know like like oh do your thing but just make it deranged and then gold absolute gold yeah yeah, I gave it a 13. I don't, I could not imagine anyone, like, I'm sure someone else could do this role, but it's hard to imagine, and he truly just did it so wonderfully, and yeah, it's it was really fun to see him do something so different, but still bring the, the Robin wackiness to it, so mm-hmm. yeah, I really enjoyed it. All right, well, with that, let's uh, move to our third, oh, sorry, Sean, any final thoughts? I just wanted to say, um, just to, I wanted to... Recognize that the ice opera at the end was a real incredible moment. Yes, Robin I... Williams is not involved in it, and that's why it didn't come up. But it was a full, yeah. just staged, uh, a staged uh, recreation of what we've seen in the entire movie. They just did it in several minutes on the ice. <laughs> yeah, that's so was... true. Yeah, it, really it was good. wild. Okay, let's move into our third and final film. Um, Sean, this was your choice. Can you give us an intro? This is my choice, and I would love to give you an intro. So this is from 1980. It's a film called Popeye. It is Robin Williams' first starring role. Um, and dang, did he not come right out of the gate. Uh, this film began as a bidding war um, between two production companies for Annie. And then when the loser lost, they were like, well, what other musical could we make about a comic strip and then they and so they decided on this one wow and uh and we'll see who holds up <laughs> annie or papa <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's it about sean um honestly a strange man wanders into uh sweet haven strange town. A, a nautical whovillian horror show of a of a town uh, the, the citizens are all in constant terror of uh of men that live in town with them uh and just destroy things at a whim uh and so he meets olive oil he suddenly gets a baby and then all of a sudden baby's taken away and he has to try to get baby back 
And yep. there's not a ton more to it. Oh, and he also is trying to find his father because he heard that he is in Sweet Haven. Mm. And he's never mm-hmm. seen him before. So that's, that's what at. happened. Although, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, what did, what did what did even happen in this movie? What no happened? one's quite sure. Uh, characterization, Sean. What do you think? Um, you guys, I'm not even joking when I say he disappeared into this role. <laughs> <laughs> I like could not even. I could not see him. <laughs> I gave a really? twelve. I yes, I thought he did very well. I thought. Um, I, he was doing this sort of, his interpretation of Popeye is this sort of Gollum Smeagol type speaker. Um, and like, I, I don't know. And just like the insane prosthetics, uh, I just think he committed so hard. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I was a really, I think he did really well. It was really funny. Um, I, for a lot of the same reasons, I gave it a 10. Um, you know, this is like, they are doing everything they can to mimic a cartoon, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's that's what that's what this is, and I I I think that they kind of knock it out of the park. Uh, some things I still just find deeply unsettling about his body. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he does. He do like, have a strange body. That's yeah. yeah. Um. And and uh, you know, I I wonder if if you know. Chris Nolaning it a little bit and making it a bit more real would have helped because every, like you watch it and there are things that are normal and things that are most certainly not. <laughs> yes. like, like, you mean how every you know, townsperson is a skilled clown? Yeah, like, you know, like, well, it's just, you know, like, like olive oil looks pretty normal. Bluto looks pretty normal. The, the, the Popeyes don't look, you know, like, it's just a strange... <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, it's for me. It does get a little bit distracting. Um, I get what they're trying to do, but yeah, it was maybe too much. Maybe. Yeah i I gave it a nine for characterization. I don't like. It's not Robin's fault because that's just what this movie is. But like, is anyone really fully re- a fully realized character in this movie? Like. They are they're cartoon characters, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But you're right, Sean, that he did kind of disappear into it. Like I see what oh, you yeah. mean by that. Um, okay, voice, Sean. Um, I gave a thirteen. It is yeah. Popeye's voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. He like he had that his metallic tone, his like strange pronunciate pronunciations, like when he's like child abuse or like palatial <laughs> mansion, yeah. like things like that. <laughs> Um, I, I, it's honestly incredible. I was laughing so hard. Uh, I gave it a 14, uh, for a lot of the same reasons. And I, I like, you know, he successfully did it. And then I think the other sort of asset is that there is not a lot of that Robin-ness here. Like he's not riffing, you know, like, like it's all a very planned out scripted sort of existence. Um, which I think would have probably hurt, but it was way too early in his career for that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, no, 14 is, is, it's incredible. It's an, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I gave it a 13 for those reasons. And I don't know if this would be riffing necessarily, but I do think he improved some of the muttering. Like, probably. some of it like was just so silly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, oh, it made me laugh every time. Um, also Shelley Duvall 
her voice, she does olive oil so perfect. The way she goes like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, you guys, she did this at the same time that she did The Shining. It was like the same year. Like, How did she not believe? just fully have a mental breakdown? Uh, well, she, she did. did. Yeah, that's, oh. what, that's how, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's but I agree that, for another episode, maybe. But she she really embodies olive oil. She's yeah. Yeah, her mm-hmm. like, wow. Yeah. On her oh. song, her crazy song. Large. <laughs> Large. <laughs> okay honestly shelly we we could give shelly a full episode um physicality sean um i gave an 11 um because he is cartoon cartoonally prat falling dancing somersaulting the the whole the bar fight scene uh was just like Truly, like clown work, like mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind. Of, it was wild. Jer, uh, I gave it a thirteen. Um, I think again, sort of like they studied this cartoon. Mm-hmm. They knew what they were executing, right? Like, and I think that you know, a part of his genius is being able to see something and sort of like become it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a bit more questionable later on. But in the cartoon of Popeye, it worked really well. Yeah, so, truly. Yeah. Yeah, I gave it a 12. Honestly, the underwater sword fight alone could get a 12. <laughs> <laughs> or when he, like, punts the octopus. Uh, you guys, can we, can we just one moment on when Bluto shoves the spinach into his mouth? It's so yeah. upsetting. Listeners it's don't like, know it, that there's a retconning of the spinach lore in this, where he yes. doesn't like spinach. But then it turns into that he dies like or Yeah, he, well, yeah, he, he likes the it. effects of Yeah. But um yeah, it being force fed to him just terrifies me to this day. I it thought was you were gonna say, This better not awaken anything in me. <laughs> 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 just kidding. Um no. <laughs> <laughs> this, Speaking of tension and emotion, Sean. Um, I gave a 10. Um, you know, there's not a lot of relief from the uh, onslaught of comicness that is coming our way. Uh, but there's a few when he's like longing for his dad or when he's caring for Sweepy that I was like, that I was really taken in by. And also that kid, too cute. Too cute. Jer? Uh, I gave a Nate. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of the cartoonishness kind of does get into the way of you like you know what could be uh an actual relationship with this woman uh and their adoption slash theft of the child Um, i don't how is that legal someone left it to them yeah maritime law i'm not sure anyway um that tax man should have taxed them for that (laughs) um yeah i gave nate uh you know, you, you kind of know how it's going to play out. It's just fun. You know, it's Papa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I also gave it an eight for those those reasons. Sweet Pea is so cute. And yeah. and that man's like yeah. our age now. Yeah, I was going to say he's weird. like 40 now. Um, I saw him on like the IMDb and I was like, oh, he's just straight up a normal man now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, style points. Sean. Um... 
I gave it 12. I think other people could have done this, but I was genuinely surprised by how well he pulled this off um, because I was a little bit hoping or thinking that it was going to be a bit of a train wreck. Um, but uh, I thought it was kind of amazing. <laughs> Jer? Uh, I gave it a, I gave it a 10. Um, you know, it's, it's an incredible performance and I, I, good and bad, I do lose Robin. Yeah, you know, bad for the point scoring, but good for the, the, the film. Uh, like he completely disappears, right? Like he is Popeye. He is no other thing than Popeye. The fact that he's able to keep his eye closed, eye closed and his face scrunched so hard that it looks like it's missing yeah. is incredible. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, he's just camouflaging himself away in there. So, uh, 10 points. I gave it a 12 as well, because I think there is a certain Robin-ness that still goes into the mm. performance. Like, yes, you kind of do lose him. That's interesting. I don't think I fully did lose him. Like, I was pretty aware it was oh, him. Yeah? Um... But yeah, I don't I don't know that anyone else could have kind of carried it off the same way, you know? Like it's such a wild movie <laughs> that like you need and someone got, with his level of madness. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um so yeah, 12. All right, and that Oh, any last thoughts on Popeye from you two before we do the scores? Nothing. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. It's crazy. Everyone should probably watch it. Honestly watch yes. it. Yeah. It's bananas. All right, the scores for tonight to see who is going on to the finale. Um, to remind folks, the other th uh, three films in the finale are Aladdin, Hook, and <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. I even looked beforehand, but then I forgot. So joining, well, we'll find out. Uh, in third <laughs> place for tonight with 141 points, we have... Good morning, Vietnam. In second goodbye, place Vietnam. for tonight. Goodbye, Vietnam. Uh, in second place for tonight with 162 points, we have Death to Smoochie. And carrying us through to the finale with 167 points, we have Popeye. What an upset. That is a bit of an upset. I thought for sure Smoochie had it. Oh, see, I thought... Coming into it, I thought it was going to be Popeye. Yeah, that just was, for yeah, the sheer audacity. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> after watching Death to Smoochie, you know, oh, wow, you know, it's in the running. But I I, I always, uh, I would have placed my bets on Popeye, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, yeah. it's just such a, an ostentatious performance. It's true. All right. So yeah. next week for the finale, we will be putting those four films head to head to see who comes out the victor. It's been a very fun month of Robin Sanity. And I, for one, have, have truly enjoyed it. I don't know about you two. Very much. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So with that, uh, that is all the time we have for this week. I'd like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our sweet, sweet listeners, for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Stay safe and have a great week. Bye. Bye. See ya.